Sports. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good evening and welcome to episode 317 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your proud host, Howard Kravitz. Yes, this is my voice right now. I've got a code. I'm fighting a code, but I'll be all right. I am here. Very happy to join you tonight. We've got a really special show uh, tonight with myself, Pete, and Paul, because we're going to be doing something a little bit different tonight. We're not going to talk about a pick five. In fact, we're not even talking about a pick four. We're going to talk about the very good and difficult $3 Tropical Turf Pick 3 at Gulfstream this Saturday. And we're going to do it in a very unique way as we're going to actually look at our ABC tickets and talk not only about handicapping, but a lot about ticket construction. So thanks for joining us tonight. And then we're going to be going over the runs and stakes with our boy Sierra Leone and recap that race along with many other things. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. After you do that, hit the notification bell so that you know when new content will arise and smash. And I mean smash that like button. We'd greatly appreciate You can follow us, of course, uh, on X at hkravitz and also email the bottom of the screen, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. You might notice something a bit shocking. It's going to come up right now scrolling at the bottom of the screen. Next week, when's our next live show? No, we're taking a break. You know what? We've been going at almost three years. And I looked at the calendar. I don't think we've really even taken one break in three years. Uh, our co-hosts deserve it. Uh, do I deserve it? I don't know. I guess that's for you guys to say. But we're going to take a little break. There's very little going on in the horse racing scene next week. Uh, we have our younger guys are, are flying home from college and whatnot, and our other guys deserve a week off. And so we are going to be off next week. Now, you never know what might pop up. Uh, perhaps there'll be a tape show that'll pop up or even a live show. You'll have to watch the YouTube channel. But as of right now, we are planning to take next week off. Happy holidays to everyone out there. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Power Picks, look below the video player because not only do we have fantastic power picks, but this month we are offering offering year-long annual subscription with one month free. One month free and also information about the Kentucky Derby and all the horses that are going to be lining up for that race and updates on uh, horses that are making every uh, twice a month. So look below the video player. Now is the time to subscribe to the Power Picks tip sheet through Patreon. We've got a great website, com, and Instagram. Follow us there, Instagram.com backslash HHH Racing Podcast. All right, we got a lot to get to. Let me bring in uh, at least one of my co-hosts. Is the other one looks like he? Oh, there he is. We're all set. Let's bring in first from the East Coast of Maryland. Mr. Pete Visco, and from the Saratoga Special and the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, Mr. Paul Halloran. Guys, this is my voice. I actually sound good right now compared to where I was earlier in the week. How are we doing? I didn't even notice the difference. I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, I'm, I'm you just sound manly. manly and gravelly all the time. You know, it's it's very impressive usually. I told I, <laughs> I told my students I'm trying out for a, a Kermit the Frog uh, audition. <laughs> 
I think I, Paul, I think I got shot at it at the local theater. Well, you're playing hurt. We uh, we all appreciate that, Howard. I, I mean, well, me, me and Paul don't like to talk that much, so you might be, you know, we, we feel sorry for you. Luckily, yeah. luckily, we could we could talk the whole time if we needed to. Well, you might need me to talk a lot more because I don't think people want to hear this kind of crazy voice. Guys, before we get started, Paul, official announcement made. Saratoga is hosting the Belmont Stakes. Not only that, a four-day fiesta uh, that for the Belmont this year. I'm assuming they're going to do the same thing next year. It is quite exciting. I know you will be there. Um, I'm not going to be there unless something strange happens. It's going to be crazy expensive i've got other trips planned and of course we i have a trip for saratoga already planned as you know uh pete and paul with our with our crew for actually this year the week before the whitney but anyway i know you'll be there paul i will be there with bells yeah i think um i'm not sure what's going to happen but i'm i'm pretty sure that the special is going to publish something in (laughs) in those four days so uh I would say uh, if the over-under on number of days I will be at the track that weekend is three and a half, you should bet the over. I There is a very, very good <laughs> chance of that. I, I joked with a few people uh, in our group chat that I think I'm seriously contemplating a trip to Europe. I've never been to Europe, actually, and Davey Lane invited me out there next summer. So I, I think I'm going to be doing that. Um, good. I have a feeling that that trip will be less expensive than the four days at Saratoga. Though. Boy, I got to tell you how I'm booked. I booked about <clears throat> at least three months ago. Uh, well, maybe two months ago, whenever, when it, it, when it was apparent it was going to happen. And I'm in Clifton park, which is, you know, about 15 minutes down 87. Uh, you know, I'm, still plotting to get into Saratoga Springs because because <laughs> I go twice a day and you know I'm spoiled but uh the rooms they they're getting $1000 a night for rooms as far away as 30 minutes so i mean uh, I there's mean, other stuff going on i think too i think that there might be a concept that it's you know you have uh there's a college there skidmore that that's around the time of year i think they get out so it's yeah. going to be uh yeah, it's going to be crazy, but yes, I will. Uh, I will be there on the. I'll be boots on the ground for the podcast. So that that yeah. Thursday night, I'll be coming to you live from Saratoga Springs. Uh, Paul, I'm thinking some uh, some live coverage uh, on Bel- on Belmont Day there with you. We'll we'll have a talk about that. Uh, coincidentally, Smoggy Froggy is here, who mentioned <laughs> that I sound more like him. Uh, Smoggy Froggy, very well put. Stephen Scott's here. Sierra Leone is an absolute beast. We'll talk about him. Best horse in the race came in second. I tend to agree, but you know, uh, Ralph Conti is here. Like I said yesterday, booking my room soon for the spa. So Ralph will be there. You'll see him there, All right, Ralph? For sure. Uh, Thomas, when you can get two weeks in Europe, however, for four nights, I agree. I agree, Tom. It's going to be absolutely uh, crazy for sure. Uh, before I uh, before we talk about uh, the pick three guys, I'd be missed not to. Wish all of our Jewish brothers and sisters a happy yes. Hanukkah out there, which starts tonight. Or as in our family used to jokingly called Happy Chinook, depending on how you spell it, either with a C-H or an H. Don't ask me why. There's two spellings. But anyway, happy Hanukkah to everyone out there. I'm Absolutely. celebrating my Hanukkah with you guys tonight on the podcast. So very excited about that. Um, oh, Sing's got an idea. Stay in Schenectady at the hotels close to Rivers Casino. They are going 
for between 250 and 300. How far is Connectomy, um, Paul, from Saratoga? It's about 30, 30 ish, 30, 35 minutes okay. beyond. Yeah, yeah. People, are, people are definitely going to be price shopping. Uh, guys, speaking of price shopping, uh, and I don't want to wait a while longer. So let's get into the wait a while stakes, uh, which is one of the three. There you go. What well, that's called a transition, Pete, in the broadcast business. There. Yeah, it's called a bad transition in the broadcast business. But we won't, <laughs> we won't say that. Oh, oh I said man. that publicly. I'm sorry. I was uh, just thought I was just thinking that. Uh, yeah, actually, you know what, Paul. <laughs> speaking of the way, not only the wait a while, I you know with my sickness, I feel like I need to call a doctor. Maybe I should call Doctor B. Doctor B. Who won was last week? We're going to talk about. Boy, was that a speed fade? I mean, look, the, there were some uh, strange results. And congratulations. We'll talk about the Remsen stakes in the card, but that was absolutely speed favoring highway. It's just a damn shame. I hate yeah. when it's like that on big days. But uh, anyway, we, Dr. B did win. Congratulations. That was a nice pick for you. Yeah, it kind of you know it works for you. It works against you. I, I yeah. put my play in in the morning because I had to go referee that day. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you, refereeing that day cost me. I could not believe what the exacta paid in the Sierra Leone race when I saw the oh, result. Was eighteen to one? Something? Eighteen to one, yeah. Eighteen to one. That is unbelievable. But Paul, there is and I, you know, I mean, I you can bet it, on your phone, you know, Paul. Just tell the players no, time out. Officials, you, officials, yeah, I, was time, say, officials time out. I, was, I, was I gotta go to the review booth. Yeah, is I gotta that go legal? Really on the yeah. court. I was literally on the court. So, but boy, I'll tell you, that was, uh, that was, that was something. Yeah. Dr. B though was great. So I did, I did, you know, you win some, you lose some. I did put in a pretty decent flat bet in the morning on Dr. B, but as far as the pick five, you know, I try to beat life talk and, you know, I used life talk defensively, but I wouldn't have used quite as defensively with that type of racetrack. And I know it was going to be, you know, hoist the gold. I think, you know, you, you needed to know that they were going to send with that horse. I don't think it was obvious on paper. They were going to send with that horse. No, we'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get to it. One Oh eight buyer for hoist yeah. the gold who now is going to Saudi. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Let, let, let's, yeah. let's move yeah. on. Guys, Gulfstream Park, this is very exciting. They've got a $3. I think I actually sent a dollar, by the way, a few weeks ago. But it's a $3 pick three. Uh, it's what they have at Keeneland. And Sam Nita's doing this also now. So it's a very popular bet. It's a, I love this bet. It's uh, the last three turf races at Gulfstream every Saturday and Sunday. I believe that's correct. Now, just to let everyone know at home also, uh, if they switch these races to Tapita, and the weather looks like it's going to be fine this weekend. But just at any time, if they do switch these races, the bet, the bet still goes. So no matter what, it is a $3 pick three. It's called the Tropical Turf Pick Three. And, guys, we're going to handicap relatively quickly here because I really want to focus on ticket instruction. It's something we've talked about a lot in the show. We always mention this ABC that we play, but not everyone gets our Power Picks tip sheet. I don't know why not, but they should. So we're going to – not only we're going to show our cavemen, we're also going to show our uh, – ABC tickets as well. Do a quick explanation with this particular bet and how people may want to play it. So let's jump right in. It's race six, eight, and eleven on Saturday. Again, race six, eight, and eleven at Gulfstream is the three dollar tropical turf pick three you see on the top of the screen. The race six starts at two thirty four Eastern. It's a hundred thousand dollars. Like I said, it's the wait a while. The rails are out forty five feet. I don't think. 
that'll make it more speed favoring because the turf is very lush right now, but it does, you know, shorten the, the, the width of the track surface a little bit. Um, but I don't really think it's going to have an effect on the races personally. They're only only seven and a half. Um, again, this is for the two-year-old Phillies field of 10 more like phase of number seven Ozara for Clement and Irad. Let me go and bring up our, Picks on the screen here in just a second. Apologize for the delay. There they are right there. We're all going with the chalk. We're all going with the number seven, Ozara for Clement and Ortiz. Paul, I'm going to have you go first. What do you like about Ozara? Well, you know, it it appeared as if Dylan might have moved a little early last time. That was pretty much a winning effort. The Natalma was a respectable race. They... You know, they Clement thought enough of this horse to ship up to Canada for a grade one in Korea, Scott, number two. And, you know, Christoph is not a guy who is a typically a swing for the fences type of guy. So that, to me, was a big show of confidence. Although I got to tell you, what I handicapped without the odds, as I'm sure you guys did. And, uh, you know, my second pick is the other Clement and I, I did not expect the discrepancy to be quite what it was eight to five versus eight to one five times the uh, five times lower. But you know I think the com you know Irad and uh, the fact that that was you know in a stakes race a decent stakes race that was pretty much a winning effort. Um, I landed there. I mean she'll be a straight A for me. Uh, no one I want to bet flat at eight to five, but straight A when we talk about the ABC. We will. I thought it was pretty solid effort, Pete. I didn't blow me away. Like, she got a perfect trip, but her number is good. And I'm, as I told you, Pete, I'm really starting to look at time form a lot more. And, guys, I got a little bit of a surprise for everyone. Uh, I have some time form PPs I want to show everyone, which we have not done on this show, which, as you notice on the bottom of the screen, on the right side, and I can't make that. Actually, I could make that bigger. I'm not sure what it looks like, though. Oh. No, that really doesn't do much for us there. So on the right side of the screen is the pace projector, and they are projecting a fast pace, Pete, with the two out in front and the five and eight chasing with the seven uh, mid-pack there. And I'm also going to show what the time form people believe who will win the race as well. And if I go to finish, they believe it's going to finish 7-10-5. I just want to mention that so we got something new there guys that we're going to show a little bit but anyway back to the standard uh pps Pete, what do you like about ozara yeah pretty much everything paul said <clears throat> he mentioned the Natal- the natalma there was five winners and eight out of ten out of that came finished in the money next out so it really looked to be a productive race which i guess is why ozara was bet I mean, aside from coming out of a grade one, was bet down so much. I'm with you. The the last race wasn't, I mean, I thought it was a winning move, like Paul said, but then you lose to a, I think it was a 20 to, I can't remember, like a 20 to one shot maybe or something. Big, was it bigger than that? Oh, I'm sorry, you're right. My oh, bad. about 17. 17. Okay. That's what I didn't like. I, I just, yeah, uh, me too. Really... Me too, especially with the trip. The one thing I do like though is I like the move to Irad. Obviously it's Irad, so obviously you like the move, but I think Irad fits maybe the style of this horse and what I think could be a hot pace up front should be able to sit patient and sit right off the leaders. And uh, to me, that was it. I thought the trip was going to work out for this horse. And you see, there are definitely some talent and from a figure standpoint, it's been improving each race. So 
I think everything just looks logical. Maybe not eight to five logical, but at least logical on a win end. Paul, you mentioned Beach Cruiser, who is a New York bred, who won nicely. It's the other Clement. I will readily admit I'm not talked. I, I plan on putting in a little phone call, perhaps, to the uh, Clements and see what they think about this one. Uh, if there is a lot of speed, though, that's not really going to help Beach Cruiser. I will say this is ownership is Reeves Thoroughbred. That is one of the main owners for the Clements. So this horse is is well meant. I just think this is a pretty tough spot, but uh, you never know. It's a pretty wide open race. Yeah, and again, you know, it's the the other yep. the other philosophy, and at, at that price, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, certainly the seven is clearly better on paper, but as I say, I I, I don't know that five times the odds better. So yeah. I, I'm going to use I'm going to try to get that nine, you know, right into the, my mix, mainly because of the price. Guys, I want to talk about Milliot for a minute, if I may. Uh, yes. Milliot yeah. is owned by Qatar Racing. They don't mess around. And Jack Sisterson. And you know what? I looked at this horse. I'm like, why does this? Can why do these connections sound familiar? in, in this situation, guys, last year in the wait a while, do you remember a horse that I picked at eight to one who almost won called Malimu? Sound familiar? Well, guess hey, what? Lee. Malimu was trained by Jack Sisterson at the time. And was bought out of the exact same Irish Stallions Phillies seven furlong kind of race at Dundalk. Uh, and I, we could, if you look at Malimu's PPs, you'd see the same thing. Malimu, by the way, in that race got a 69 time form and I'm fishing second in this race last year. I watched the replay. Um, Milliot didn't really do anything special. She sort of tracked in fourth and went on with it. But I don't think there's really anyone special in this race. This horse has already been training down uh, at in Florida. I, I think this one's interesting. I'm curious to see what kind of money Milliot takes also for uh, for Saez. Pete, you thought this one was interesting. You got him third or third. Yeah, pretty much everything you said. I like the Saez pickup. And uh, again, the, the time form is always a little funny depending on the track they're coming from. So you can't get too bogged down in that, especially it was only the first start. So you can, any, anything can happen from there. Plus now we're on the, yeah. we're on the turf. And I did, I agree with you. I like that there were a couple works down here, no, here in the States. Yeah. So that, but again, there, there wasn't much. I mean, the horse was 25 to one in a maiden right. 15, nine. So it wasn't super highly thought of, but did beat a pretty solid, a solid field in terms of you know thirteen horses, so that takes yep. some doing. So I, who knows? I mean, with the eight to one price, I don't think you can go wrong. Pete, you want to quickly talk about this horse? I almost put Great Venezuela like first or second. I really considered. It. I'm sure you saw the breeding. I don't know. She hasn't really faced much, uh, but she's talented and has been winning easily. Yeah, this was, and again, I, I, I'm like you guys. I didn't see the odds until about honestly about a minute before I. I came on the pod, I refreshed and saw the odds and, and saw this one at eight. It's kind of a form play is one thing where the form just looks fantastic. Again, I don't know. We say we don't know what they were, what the horse was beating, but you know, the two, the second place finishers, and I think in the both last two races came back to win next out. So at least there was a little quality there. We're stretching out a bit, but this horse does have speed. Now there is other speed in here, but this one at least has shown the ability to sit off a bit past horses. So my play with her was just, Hey, she just looks to be in great form. Like you're showing on the screen. I thought the breeding looked 
turf to me. And I also thought the stretch out based on the breeding, you know, the extra two furlongs didn't seem like it should bother too much. So I thought there was a lot to like about this horse. And I was actually surprised at the eight to one, you know, you see the ones and you see the decent ones. You figure that takes money sometimes. Yeah, I thought so too. I think I, again, I don't know if the horse gets the distance seven and a half. Uh, so Paul, here's the question as we go on the next race is seven and a half a uh, route or a sprint route. Yeah. I mean, it's a route in, in DRF if you're looking. So it's a, it's a two turns and it's Delta. two turns. So yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. So is the seven furlong at Charlestown? Is that a route? Oh God. <laughs> seven for what's that? Seven laps. That's it's, it's, you know, it's two turns. Yeah. It's a route. <laughs> okay. Seven furlongs. Charlestown's a route. Or a route. In your opinion. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, again, it's it's all semantics, but you're <laughs> going around two turns. You, you know, I think once you get around the second turn, you're in route land. <laughs> I sort of agree with you. All right, guys. I have that horse as a C, by the way, Great Venezuela. Just FYI. Oh. Well, well, we're already spoiling our ABC uh, picks. Okay. Uh, I, I think I think she I think she's interesting. Guys, this next race in the sequence, holy cow. This this next race is a is a main special and wow. Crap this shoot. is really, really <laughs> difficult. Let me show our picks right here. I'm going to make sure. Yeah, this is right. Okay. Race eight. We are all over the map, guys. And we have three different choices on top. I have one strong opinion in this race that I'm going to share in a minute. I'm not sure my good – actually, my good friend Pete will probably like it because it's 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 a bit negative to his top choice and Paul's second choice. But, well, Paul, are we boring you, Paul? I'm sorry. Are you okay, no, Paul? I'm just I, – I, I, I caught your cold. <laughs> oh, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I, I understand that. Let's go to the next race, guys. Now, it's the next race in the pick three. It's a race eight. Main special, $70,000, one mile on the turf. Again, for two-year-olds, these are maidens. And look at this field. It's a field of 12. There's also four AEs. Any of those could get in the race in that order with round top. The only line favorite here is the number two air invasion for Clement and Cheminade, which sort of surprised me a bit. Uh, he's a solid jockey. I just didn't think that Clement really rides um, Cheminade too much. I mean, the Ortiz brothers are down there, so you can take that for what it's worth. I'll be curious to see if he rides more for Clement down at Gulfstream. Let's go with Pete with your pick, because I think this is a horse we really got to talk about. The number eight Midnight Council for Chad and Irad, of course, threw me out, especially Irad, to win the training title. I don't think Chad's going to win the training title down at Gulfstream. He just doesn't have enough dirt horses in general. But Irad, obviously a major jockey player down there. What does he like about the eight? Well, a few things. I thought, so the first, obviously, you see in the debut on the screen there, was bet down to basically even money and, and ran mostly like a dog. I mean, was basically... Um, didn't load well, was bumped out of the gate, was basically off the screen for most of the race. So you're watching it going, okay, this is an even money shot. They're not even on the screen here. Ran on late. Again, you just sort of like to see sometimes if a horse has a lot of things go wrong, you like to see them at least finish with some, a little bit of luster. So it doesn't look like they just stopped and, and the jockey didn't give up basically. Then you switch to Ortiz. Not the greatest race in the world, but at least improved in a lot of ways. The pace was pretty slow, was sitting off it a bit. Got, you know, you could see in the notes, jostled a little early. 
I think it was an okay race coming out of the debut. They had put blinkers on for the first time. So there was, a, again, there was a lot going on. I wasn't sure how much the horse got out of the first race, aside from trouble. Then the second one was just sort of even. Now we're, now we're cutting back a little bit to the mile. We're getting Irad again. And the horse has just been working really well since that last race. So, I mean, again, the times aren't fast on the workouts, but just has been working solid compared to the others on the work tab. It's a $300,000 horse out of Omaha Beach, big time connections, Irad. I just think there's a little bit to like here. And again, this is a wide open race to me. So um, I'll take Irad in a race where I don't love a lot of the other horses. I don't love a lot of horses in this race, at least from what they've done so far. The horses that have ran to me are very meh. Pete, I got to tell you, this horse can win. Uh, I just don't like him at all. He, he just He's done, I don't think he's done much running at all in the two starts. When Chad doesn't win in the first two starts, I always start getting a little bit concerned, like the same way I feel about Pletcher on the dirt, guys. Like these well-mined horses, when they don't win fairly quickly, I start getting the, the heebie-jeebies. And I just, I don't think this horse done any running. Like that last race, just, I don't know. I mean, again, he can win, Pete. I totally understand it. He's probably going to put me in the locker and you're probably going to be right. I just, I don't know, Paul. This horse does nothing for me. I'm much more interested in taking some fresh faces. I don't know if those fresh races can run, but that's how I'm going to gamble my money in this race. Yeah, I, I think, uh, and again, you know, handicapping without the odds. I, I did have this horse second, uh, I don't think the horse will even be seven to two. I think, you know, a, a Chad, Chad and I read, yeah. uh, even coming off that, you know, okay effort, the six to five at Monmouth uh, uh, in the opener, as, as you guys talked about. Um, yeah. I, I think I, I agree with the first thing you said, Howard, when we switched to this race, that the, it's a wide open race and, you know, in a $3 base sequence, races like this cause problems. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, cause, they, do. they cause fiscal <laughs> financial difficulties. Air invasion, Paul. Um, I'm sure we all watched the replay. I'm assuming you did. What What were your thoughts? He went off at sort of a tepid, almost seven to one. He ran fine. Yeah. I don't know. The stretch out might work, although the dam doesn't, by the you know the dam is more of a sprinty. I I know he's out of your boy, but I don't know. I I don't know. I just I don't. The two and eight just don't do a lot for me in this race. They just don't. Yeah, well, I I actually think that might be a good sign. I I yeah, I just think the horse was late getting involved last time, and you know made an okay run. I I think the comments fair, right? Mild kick. You know, he was definitely moving forward. Um, the eight right here, about six back, getting a very good trip. No excuses there. You know, it didn't take, um, you know, didn't take all that much money. Almost seven to one. Um, I believe he is on the, in, yeah, switch right. to the middle. So, I mean, yeah, he's, you know, I mean, he's moving, but he certainly made up no ground on the, the top two. Uh, so, um, you know, the Typhoon Fury came back uh, to run third out of that race. Um, Paul, can I interrupt you a second? Um, yes. I'm going may. to anyway. Uh, you know how much I like watching gallop outs, and maybe maybe I look at it too much. I would have really you liked do. to see this. I would have really liked to see this eight, like, up here. You know, gallop out mm. past the wire, 
never really went past these horses. Again, maybe I'm overthinking it, but I just it's something I look at. I just want to point out to the viewers. That's all. Yeah, no, and, and I got to tell you, you know, and I do have the horse on top, and I have him today. But you know, on, in all honesty, you know, once I saw the odds, and I, you know, I knew this horse would would be among the favorites, but this really isn't the type of race where you know, you want a, a favorite that you feel just okay about it at low odds because, yep. um, you know, this is the type of race that could blow it up. So uh, this is where, uh, you know, I when we talk about ABCs, I, I have a couple of Cs here, and I certainly will hope to, you know, get, get by the first leg with an A and probably be rooting for my Cs here. Guys, I don't know about um, – um, about – some of these firsters, but I will say that I'm interested in a few of them. And I and we're not gonna be able to see the odds or the doubles, which is really tricky, guys, obviously. But I'm a little bit interested in the six wartime recess, who you guys don't have anywhere. It's a bit of a guess, I'll admit. Sugar is better than you think, guys. Um uh, first of all, I didn't mention air invasion is a half too big invasion, a horse that I love. Yeah. I think we all like big invasion. So the horse is meant to be good, but if you are a fan of Big Invasion, that's a sprinter. So I just want to, you know, and this is two turns, just want to uh, bring that up. Shug McGahee, better than you guys think, last five years, first time starter in a turf route or route, 14%, not bad, 35% in the money. So actually his stats are better than you think. This is a horse by my boy, Warfront of him, Dali Doro, Mayor Sabbatical. Sabbatical was a pretty nice turf horse you guys see. Now, maybe this horse wants longer because Sabbatical was like a mile and a half kind of horse. So I have no idea, guys. I just think this horse has been working fine. It's Saez. Um, you know, Suge has done this before. The horse has been training for a while. I don't know. The, the, by, by the way, one of the Sibs is Dreams of Tomorrow. This is a horse that you guys might know, or especially you, Paul. He's, he um, ran uh, in on the East coast and did it pretty well. Won $368,000 tour of duty was also a decent turf horse. I don't know. I think, you know, the, there's definitely some breeding here. We'll just have to see. And again, we're not going to see the odds beat. So it's a bit of a guess, but of the fresh faces, this is the one that I'm interested in most on paper. Yeah. I, I like, I wanted to like this horse and I have the horse when we get to our grids, I have this horse as a, as a C there was actually a couple Suge stats that scared me off a bit. So not speaking to you had a good one on him. I had Suge 0 for 17 with first time starters on turf at Gulfstream specifically in the past four years. And then for some reason, the Suge Phipps combo 0 for 12 wins one for 12 in the money with two year olds on turf. Those two stats sort of, cause I, I, I didn't know what to do with this horse. I was with you. The works didn't blow you away, but I like the breeding. I like Saez. So I was like, I'm going to put this horse on the ticket somewhere, but it depended upon where, whether it was an ABC and I wound up landing on a C mostly because sort of those stats, you know, I was nitpicking with, with just a bunch of different horses that I liked. I could look at the stats with the ownership, Pete. That's part of the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You can do uh, You can okay. look with the owner. Specific. I don't even know why I did. I think just cause it was FIPS and I always liked FIPS and I, I don't usually do the owners. Um, okay. but I did it just for the hell of it. And I was like, oh crap, that's not so good. Cause not even hitting the board, the one for 12 and the money was, yeah. was a little shaky. And again, I don't know what that means necessarily. It's just maybe that's not what they do for some reason. 
No, it's a good stat. Real quick, few other ones. Carnival Dancer costs 200000 Walsh, 10% first out, 34% in the money. Again, with the same stat. Not great, not horrible. I uh, have the one in third, and, and I didn't see the odds, and that one is sitting at 30. 31. That was purely a from the rail speed, you know, the, in the debut, yeah. just went a little too hot. And hey, lost to lost to Paul's horse, St. James the Great, yeah. right, Paul? That's that's you, right? That was yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, but again, that was at a mile and an eighth in debut, going a mile and an eighth, cutting yeah. those kind of fractions. Yeah. So I'm like, well, maybe the cutback to the mile from the rail. And then when I saw the thirty just now, I was like, oh, I'm glad I have the horse on the ticket because why the hell not? What if, like you were talking, Paul, if we can get the blow up leg here, I'll take it with a, a horse oh, yeah. on the front I end. Use yeah. that horse. Yeah. yeah. With Junior, with Junior on him. With Junior way. too. I'm, I like the I driver used... change as well. Yeah. Yes. He set the pace. Yes. Yeah. St. James the Great ran huge in that race, I'd like to humbly say. Absolutely. Steven Scott said, don't sleep on the 13. I agree. If the 13 gets in, the 13 could be live round top for uh, motion. And then the four, real quick, Paul, just a Halton, you know, maybe a pace play, but the one looks like it's going to be sent. Ran okay first time out. This is just a wide open race, uh, Paul. Yeah, I was a big fan of this horse's dam. Catherine the Wise, uh, if you uh, check uh, her running lines, her first few stats, she was just yeah unbelievable. She was a sprinter for Chad. Um, she won, uh, starting her career, one by five and a half, one by 12, one by eight and a half, ran a 90, her second career race, and uh, and then was off for a year and a half, unfortunately, and was never really the same horse, but she was really fast. Do we know who Catherine was? She was wise. We know that. I just assumed it was named after my daughter, who spells it the same way, but maybe oh, not. Well. well, you know, the apple doesn't fire too <laughs> she's, far. She certainly al me. has always thought she's wiser than me. Oh, don't all the, kids, all the kids feel that way. <laughs> oh, uh, let's go to race yeah. 11, guys. We're going to talk about this race. Then we'll show our ABCs, and then we'll get into the Remsen a little bit. So we'll go pretty quick here. There's our picks on the bottom of the screen for race 11. Again, race 11. Nice call, yes, Howard. Look at, look at those three. Yes. Uh, yes, we are skipping around. Race 11 ends the $3 pick three. This is the pulpit stakes. Again, it's seven and a half furlongs. Again, it's for two-year-olds. Again, it's on the turf, $100,000 purse, pretty big field. The more line favors a horse we are all familiar with, the number eight noted for Pletcher and Irad. And uh, only one of us is going with noted, and that is Pete. Paul, let's go with your top choice first and my top choice. The second choice at bag number five, which I think Pete doesn't have anywhere. So I'm very curious to see what Pete has to say about or why he doesn't like palm tree for Brennan Walsh and Louis Saez, Paul. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm going to have to go with the old drawer line through the last race. And that might be a cop out, but I don't know. I, I just think it's, it's too bad to be true. I mean, the horse is on the rail. It was a, it was a good race, uh, you know, noted, ironically noted ran second. And, and I do have noted, but I, I definitely like this horse more. Uh, Brendan Walsh is uh is is well he's always hot he's a tremendous trainer um yeah i mean i i thought you know the, the horse ran very well at kentucky downs and uh i don't really have an explanation for the last one but uh put in a bullet work uh, uh last weekend at palm meadow 
uh, and I, I just think this horse is, uh, is is ready to go, and I'm just hoping that race, last race, was the anomaly. Uh, Mr. Halloran, Mr. Halloran, I know why he didn't run well, Mr. Halloran. Actually, he ran okay. He got into trouble late, Paul. Yeah, he did. He did Let's late. take a look You're at right. it. Yeah, Let's take a did, look at it. Yeah, he did late is correct, yes. Yeah, so noted is the five, who's going to be the favorite here. Palm Tree is the one. Let's just go right to the stretch. Watch what happens to the five here. So the five is, sorry, sorry, the one. Palm Tree is right here. Here's noted the five. I I don't think Palm Tree was going to win the race, Paul, but at a crucial time, this wall of horses really gets in his way. He's right about here. He is right here. He's moving forward, and then, ooh. Yeah. Uh, he really had to stop badly, and it, and it makes it look a lot worse than it is. Now, yeah. I think we both agreed that he was – I'll watch it one more time. He was not winning this race, Paul. But, you know, the seventh by two, I would say he could have easily finished, you know, third by half a length. Watch it again right here. I mean, right there, just completely stopped. I mean, so – Again, because yeah, was... no, that's that's fair point. Yeah, that that's a fair point. He was moving, and it, it just seemed like everything, every time, everywhere Declan Cannon turned, there was an obstacle. You know, he he was close to the rail when you started that replay, Howard. But yet there was a horse inside of him. Then he, you know, he came out. He, it looked like he wanted to maybe go far out, and then there's the twelve horse outside of him. So you know that that's fair. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, it's not unusual in a turf race for a horse to run seventh and miss by less than three lengths, right? Right. <laughs> it happens all the time. Uh, I like the gelding, Paul, and I think the distance is the major reason I like this horse. I don't think this horse wants to go this far. He's by Street Boss. Street Bosses are sprinters in general. I, I think the distance is going to be great. He's been working well. A 58 breezing. I, mean, I know Palm Meadows is a fast turf course, but there's a lot of things I like about the source. I don't think he's any cinch or anything. Of course, what's wrong with the Dolphin, right, Paul? I got like the Dolphin boys. Pete, you've got the eight. I totally get it. Noted is definitely the horse to beat. He's really good. He's run a bunch of races that can easily win this race. Probably one good trip away from beating our five, to be very honest. Yeah, that was, that was pretty much it. I just thought this was the, the the class of the race and even the one two back was just sort of rolling and just got run down by by can group and then they said you know what the heck with it let's try the juvenile and and that obviously went nice. terribly but now i think like anything we we see sometimes horses do something that they probably shouldn't be doing then you get them back to doing what they're supposed to be doing and i think this one if you just look at the turf starts everything is an improvement for the most part so i think it's just very logical and you you have I rat up again so uh, not a ton to say there and it's nine to five for a reason either one of you guys want to talk about the two before we talk about ticket construction liam's journey i thought yeah i i i like this horse a little bit but was i was a little this is one i was a little leery of because you get a third in a graded stakes race and it maybe looks a little better but i did like that there was the the recent work was pretty strong the figures have improved each race from time form and buyer it ran well going two turns, but, you know, didn't do a ton, but also lost to, you know, quality horses. And they Wonder both, you know, they came back against two horses that ran in the, yeah. in the juvenile turf picks up Johnny V I thought would be able to sit sort of mid pack and maybe close. So I think it's a quality horse who could definitely win the race, but it didn't, 
he, he just didn't jump out at me as somebody I just loved one way or the other. He just looks a little even to me. The three and the eight both came out of the uh, Bruce Cup Jewel and ran pretty well. I wasn't sure about the distance with this. With this, uh, me too. Course, but yeah. again, it is it is seven and a half. I think sort of like Palm Tree, the distance, the short distance will help the two. I don't think the two is completely out of this race. I think I made a mistake, by the way, with Palm Tree. I think I would probably have Palm Tree on my on my ticket. Looking, okay. listening to you guys and, and looking at it again. I don't. I didn't love the last race, even though I think I, I saw what you saw late, but I didn't love up until that point. So that's what sort of swayed me a little bit. But also, it was a first time gelding, which we didn't mention. So maybe that, you know, that could sometimes move a horse forward. You never know. Never know. Pete made a mistake. Pete, you never make mistakes. I mean, you know. It's funny, you know, well, I, 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 I won't say you never make mistakes. You never admit to mistakes. I never admit I to them. Yeah, well, you know, I every once in a while, the everything happens every year. Even, even Haley's Comet comes once every, what, 80 years or whatever. So, you know, Fair enough. Happens. So, guys, we've talked. Obviously, usually we show our cavemen. We are going to show our cavemen. We're also going to talk about ticket instruction, guys, because it's very important. We all generally or i don't know if we all play abcs all the time but we definitely like the abc ticket instruction and pete i was gonna go like to our webs i don't want to do that on our website we have information about the abc ticket instruction also if you go to our youtube channel which of course most of you are on right now if you're watching at home under our betting strategies section there is an abc video that i put out actually within the first like three or four months of this podcast even starting i probably need to update that but there is video available uh for that into our betting strategy section also on uh the uh on our website so all right on the power picks page so when you go when you go subscribe to the power picks later right after this show then you could check out the abc video as well so here's what i'm gonna do and i think this is actually gonna work nicely here because i'm gonna bring up both guys so there you go, right, Pete? We're gonna we're gonna sort of compare, okay? So, yeah, and Pete, I'm gonna let you do most of the talking here. Pete's, remember this on the bottom of the screen. Everyone is a three dollar increment that we're saying. So, this is a three dollar base bet: five, six, seven, ten with one, two, eight, twelve with two, eight. It's a ninety six dollar straight ticket. But then, of course, if you look at the screen, I think people can see that well enough, right? Pete, is that big? Yeah, it's there? pretty clear. Maybe yeah, little, there we go. People can see the ABC ticket, which is only twelve more dollars. But as you can see, Pete. You can you you're using six horses in the second race and four horses in the third race if you are correct about five seven in the first leg of race six. So why don't you explain a little bit the differences between your two tickets here and why it might be beneficial to play an ABC? Yeah, and I think you said it perfectly there. Where so we're spending ninety six on the on the caveman. So if you look at the caveman, the five six seven and ten, which includes an eight to five shot. You're sort of using those at an even even amount of equity you're you're putting in on the five, six, seven, ten. Whereas if you look at the caveman, you're maybe cutting that back to your top two choices. And the the one difference that Howard mentioned is in the caveman, I have 10 horses for 96 bucks. In the in the ABC grid, I have 14 horses for only 12 extra dollars. Now again, you have to hit in the, in the correct sequence close, you know, you have to be right with maybe your A's and, and I guess Howard, I don't know if people, I assume people understand, but so if you're playing an ABC, you're playing all A's, you're playing A's with one. Do you want to, 
Do you want to do that? Do you well, want me you, to... just, you made a little mistake in what you said because it says five A's. There's only three races. So I don't know if you want to clarify that, Pete. Did I say five A's? Well, on the, yeah, on the screen there, you said five A's, four A, one B, but there's only three races. Oh, you know what? I didn't it's change. Two yeah. one, Sorry. One yes. Two. Yes. You want to clarify. You, you know what it is with three races, but. Yeah, I didn't change the header there. Yeah, above the uh, above the chart. Why don't you clarify that, Pete? So yeah, apologies, everyone. That this is our normal this is our normal grid that we use for the power picks, and I didn't change the little the little header there. So basically, if you looked at this, you would have three A's there. So basically, the first number is if I play all my A horses. So in this case, it costs twelve bucks for my five A horses there. Then you would have two A's and one B in right. this circumstance. So it would be, so for anyone who's a little unclear, it would be just two of my A lines have to win and one of my B lines. And it doesn't matter, doesn't matter which ones there. Then basically the third leg is, um, the third leg is one A and two Bs. Two Bs. Right. So it's different than that. But again, you basically just need one of your A squares to hit and then two of your B squares to hit. Right. And then finally, it's two A's and one C. So the and then the theory is the C's, obviously, you're not including as much money and you're not including as much equity in the C's. So generally, you put those are are usually saved for, hey, I like this, this really, really long shot. I think they have an outside chance. I don't want to spend a ton of money on them, but I want to at least throw them in just in case you put those on the on the C line. So, again, you're the whole premise is you're getting more horses now you have to be right in your A line generally to at least hit. You have to be right on a couple of A's or at least one A to to hit the ticket from a grid standpoint. Yeah, you basically cannot have a B and a C, everyone, to make it. Very yeah, simple. no B you and no C. One, yep. You can't. You can't have a B and a C. Robbie Courtney, by the way, shout out to Robbie. Power picks are very beneficial in helping clear the clutter. Helped me greatly in qualifying for the NHC last Saturday. Appreciate the wisdom, Howard, Paul. And Pete, Robbie, we are so happy for you, man. And congratulations, uh, congratulations getting the NHC. And uh, Paul and I will be out there. Pete, is that still a goal of yours? I mean, I know you talked about last year about trying to get into more tournaments. Are you are you actively going to try to get in the NHC? You still got some time. I got a little bit of time. I don't know if it'll if I'll make the NHC or not. I mean, okay. it depends. But I would probably shoot more for BCBC next year first. But, you know, you never know. We see how okay. the days go. Christmas, you get, you know, Christmas vacation, you get a little antsy during the day. So who knows yeah. what tournaments you jump in. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, all right, Paul, let's go to your, whoop, I didn't really want to show, every, I didn't really want to do that. Hold on a second. I, I didn't want to do that. Okay, Paul, let me show your ABC as, where the heck is, there it is. Okay, now I can go on screen with our, there you go. So, Paul, let me make it bigger. Paul, your caveman is seven nine with two four six eight with two three two three five eight. Excuse me, um, and now everyone can see your ABC. So I think people understand. You see, Paul has on the bottom of the screen has everything uh, as it would be in a three race sequence with a two A one B one A two B etc. And Paul, what we didn't really mention is if you have DRF ticket maker if you have a drf bets uh platform with your adw you can bet directly through drf if not drf ticket maker itself is free i mean people could go on there and just you know print out their tickets and then do it manually so you don't have to have a drf bets adw subscription to do it you could do it 
by hand, unless of course it's a CDI track. Anyway, Paul, let's talk about your uh, ABC construction. Yeah, I think the reason why I think these sequences are good, and and our good friend Jim Goodman should get a royalty every time the track adds one of these things. Mm -hmm. He started the idea. Um, you know, frankly, with, you know, with a three dollar bet base, even only three races. You know, it, it does force you to to sharpen your pencil a little bit, uh, which I think you should then take that and carry it over to the pick fours and pick fives. You know, I'll speak only for myself, but uh, I, I think most of us use uh, too many horses in those sequences who really it'd be a real long shot if they win. You know, and yeah, we would love to get that 30 to one see home, but that's going to happen once a year. Guilty right. as charged. Yeah, right. So in in this case, um, and, and the other thing is, you know, with a three dollar base, you know, you should get paid. Now, if it's chalk, 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 you know, don't you, you you're not retiring. But um, <laughs> you know, you look at the race like that second race in the sequence we talked about, and and that's why you know I, I said that I'd love to get an A home in the first leg and be alive to four, you know. But you know, if this were right. pick fifty cent pick five. I would probably in that second leg, you know, I'd probably have two A's, two B's, and three C's. You know, I might have seven, right? So I, I do think it's a good bet also, Howard, for that reason. It forces you to, you know, to focus a little a, a little sharper. It, you know, if you want to keep it within reasonable budget. Um, you know, I, I think you can make a case in this type of sequence for playing, you, you know, not not necessarily playing the two B's. You know, saying you know, if I'm going to hit, if I'm going to hit the thing, I need two of my A's to win. So that's another way to potentially trim it down a little bit. So, um, but it is a good bet. Um, you said how it if it goes to the to Peter, it does the bet still goes. In my case, it goes until I hit the cancel button, in which case it doesn't <laughs> freaking go anymore. I Why can tell I you that. Why did I have a feeling you were going to say that? Uh, yeah. Matt, one of Matt Bernier's best scores. Of 2023 was a $3 pick three score for five digits. Keelan, right? At Keeneland, yeah. To yeah. me, guys, it's the kind of bet where you, I'm more willing to toss out some big favorites or horse that we bet, like the Chad that we mentioned, Pete the Eight, in a second. Like, because of the $3 increment, it's even that much more of a jump, I think, if you beat favorites than the 50 cent or dollar increment. So, uh, and it's a pick three. So, I mean, who wants to go chalk, chalk, chalk anyway, right? So, I think yeah. it's it's the kind of bet where it's sort of fun to take a chance. Here's my pick three. At the bottom of the screen is my caveman, and here is my tropical turf ABC pick three. Caveman hey, five. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, you go ahead first. And I was going to ask you a question after that, but go ahead. Okay, caveman is five six seven ten with two five six ten with five eight for ninety six bucks. But you can see my ABC there. Uh, and I, I put the race 6, 8, and 11 on the right side because I wanted the ABC column literally be the ABC of the bet. That's why I did it that way. And as you see, I've got a lot of Cs. So to me, I have a chance, if I'm right about the 7 in the first leg or the 5 in the last leg, I really have a chance to use a lot of C horses that would be bigger prices and can win. And as I mentioned, guys, the 8, the Chad Brown, the leg 2, I only have as a C. And so I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I, there's really no reason, in my opinion, to put your A line with all lower price horses. So I'm taking some shots. Obviously, 
I need the seven and or the well, I need the seven and the five to win to be alive to, of course, this column, th this this um, cell that I'm in right now. So I try to mix it up a little bit. This is $108. I think people can understand what we're doing here. But the reason why I can play again, my ABC guy, excuse me, my caveman is what four by four by two, but my ABC is five by what uh, eight by six. So there's an example, of course, that I can use a lot more horses in an ABC, but I do have to be right about my A's. It's just a different way of looking at it, guys. I think it's it's food for thought for people out there who might be interested in that kind of bet. Go ahead, Pete. You wanted to ask so, a question. Yeah, and because I, I was looking at yours on the screen, and your three A's are only six bucks, which is nice. So I guess my question for you guys, and this actually just leads into for the viewers who are part of what you do with an ABC is you could play, you, you kind of go shorter with your all A's, so you can play your A's with a higher denomination. So if we're talking a 50 cent pick five, maybe you play it for a buck, maybe you play it for two, maybe you play it for three, and then you pay, you play 50 cents all along the way. Same thing here. Like Howard could play his A's for, you know, 18 bucks. He could play yeah. it three times for 18. So my question was in a $3 pick three, are you apt to sort of up the denomination of your A still, or do you save that for more of like a 50 cent bet? Do you, or do you do it just depending on the circumstance? To me, it's circumstantial, Pete. If I have a relatively smaller ticket, I'm willing to press up. It also depends on how big my A's are. Now, this is only six bucks, so I am more apt to press up with my A's because it is cheaper. But if the all A's were, you know, 48, I probably wouldn't do it. Sure. So it's a combination. But the idea is to try and keep the A's a little lower so you can do that, though, right? I mean, in theory. Uh, Yes and no. I mean, it really depends on the sequence. I mean, sometimes it's nice to have four or five A's, right? But that's going to cost yeah, you a lot yeah. more money. So I don't know how Paul feels about that. It's, to me, it's very situational. Paul, quick thought on that. And then we'll talk yeah, about I, I think in general, you should press up your A's regardless of the ticket. Because if, you, yeah. if you're that right, you, you want to get paid. And, you know, especially if, you know, if it doesn't pay five digits, you know, uh, you know, pays four or five hundred bucks. So having that twice is better than having it once. That's a math. That's a math uh, example for our students tonight. Um, there you go. And this is why we generally look for in most sequences. You look for at least one single because it allows your on the A line because it allows your A's to to be a little bit cheaper. Guys, we're going to talk about 15 minutes. Hey, that's good. We're we're about 55. 15 minutes will be perfect. About the Remsen. Now look. <laughs> Obviously, we it's hard to be completely unbiased for all of us because we all have a nice bet with Sierra Leone. By the way, shout out. I don't know if you guys heard. Shout out to Pierre Thomas Forental and In The Money who are on their show. They put out, actually mentioned uh, me in the podcast or us in the podcast with the bet on Sierra Leone. And uh, JK mentioned he would never make that bet, not because he doesn't like the horse, but he doesn't want to put the uh, jinx on his buddy, Chad Brown. But anyway, Sierra Leone, I thought it was very good. So my first question before I bring up the replay, just general thoughts on Sierra Leone in the Remsen, Pete. I mean, I thought when you, and we'll talk about it when you show the replay, but when you have a horse who was that far back, my wife was watching with me and she doesn't know much. And she's like, why is your horse so far off the screen right there? And I said, yeah, it's not great, especially because speed is winning. But then once he made the move, I said, oh, he's coming. I said, because he's a, he's a closer. Don't worry about it. He's coming. But just closing into that pace and the, and the move that he made 
was impressive, especially the way the rest of the day went. So, and we did get sort of, you know, we always look at the buyers and we say, oh, well, he got this and they got this, but you almost have to look at them when they got it. So his debut buyer was better than every other horse in the field. Then he makes the jump. I think he got, did he get the 91 as well? I assume same as Doorknock. So they got 91. So he made that jump in only his second race and he was doing it against against the speed bias that was clear on that day. So I just think what he did was super impressive. Now, again, if you're talking all the way out to the Derby, you don't want to be off the screen in the Derby. You're probably not going to make up that much ground, but there's a hell of a lot of time between now and then to sort of tighten some of those things up. Paul, general quick snapshot thoughts. I I didn't see the race live. As I said, I was refereeing. Um, I love Doorknock. Um, I think anyone who bets Sierra Leone to win in that race, that's a really tough beat because if you could have bet that race at the eighth pole, you would have bet a million dollars on Sierra Leone. <laughs> um, but you have to take into account the two key factors, Howard, are ground loss and track condition. And I have no issue whatsoever with, you know, Jose. I think Jose did exactly what he needed to do you know he needed to make his move when he made it um you know i i don't know if he hung a little bit or I, first of all Dornock, we talked about on the show you know denny gaga was talking about him as maybe the best horse he's ever trained and he trained taxed and you know tax um but you know on this track on this day right now you were saying and i don't care that they still got a long way to go right now you're saying this horse is not going to be involved that's about i would say about nine lengths maybe yeah um but again horses were not closing at all you know <laughs> i i screwed myself in the second race by playing a speed horse second in the exactor and just went all the way at 13 to one one by like eight <laughs> but you know right here jose is really you know obviously going wide is going to be the only option with eight horses in front of him but even here, Howard, he's got to go a little wider still right there, you know, yep. till that horse in front, that horse, uh, the five did go Come down on, a please. little. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, right now, would you like to bet the race right now? <laughs> what were the odds right now on him winning? I mean, three oh to my five, God. one to 20. Yeah. One to a million. Yeah, it just, and, and again, I don't know. Um, I know it was a speed track. I don't know if the inside. I will tell you this, Howard. If you watch the head-on, I I don't know if it mattered, but Jose had a little brother Irad in him there. He he got him like right next to him. Maybe didn't need to get him quite that close. Have you guys uh, seen the head-on? By the way, I have. Pete, have you seen the head-on? I th I watched it on that day. Yeah, it's interesting. So. Here's the What's question. The I put this on, I put this on the thumbnail. Did he lug in or did Doranach fight back? I think that's that's a big question. So let, let's talk about that. I, both yeah. can be both can be true. Here is Sierra Leone way out here. Yeah. Here is Doranach. Now, my question for you guys is let, let me go full screen, sorry. My question is did he lug in or did Jose Ortiz purposely come to the inside to bring him closer to the horse and also because he knew 
the paths were better in there. Paul, what was your opinion on that? I've not heard. I, I saw. I mean, I saw still photos, Howard. Right, you know, right out of. And by the way, we should mention Donok ran off the rail there. By the way, so a little bit. Credit to, bumped in the rail a little. It just brushed. Credit off. to Don. Oh, the, well, the, you know. Yeah. But my thing is, I don't know. I know one thing: when you have the horse coming, that closing. You don't need to see the other horse. He did look like he lugged a little there. Now Jose's going to go back to the left-hand whip. Uh, he makes it very tight for Dornock right there, right just before the wire. Hey, look, they're two-year-olds. That's a really good effort. That, that's no matter. I, you know, I have no idea what's going to happen between now and the first Saturday of May, other than you're not going to get near the horse live, Howard, other than that. Uh <laughs> It looks That's like the to only... me he's lugging on his own. Like I don't see Jose with his right hand, like trying to bring him over, Pete. I, no, this and he's like the horse doing it on his own. No, but he didn't. He didn't do anything. It didn't seem like either to to prevent him from doing it. You know, obviously, in an ideal world, I think he just stays in the outside path and runs straight, and he wins the race. Is the way I would look at it. But again, I know that wasn't the best place to be. But the way he was rolling by, yeah, I'm not sure that would have mattered. In all honesty, I think if he just stays there, because like obviously, if if you're cutting inside like that, I assume it takes a little bit of sting off your yeah. run. I mean, straight lines always better than going crooked. So this is the eighth pole right here, right, Paul? Right where I'm pointing out here. That's the eighth pole, I'm pretty sure. Right here, right. This uh is keep it running. I'm not so sure. Keep it running. Okay. I'm not sure it's about that. It's gonna go out of the screen. It's right here. I think it is. Maybe it's the sixteenth. But either way, here here's my point. My my point is that right about here, Pete and Paul, let me let me freeze it at a spot. I've watched this a lot. Right here is where he has almost about a length. He almost got a length on him. I think this last, right, right. So he's got about a half length right here. It's like a three-quarter. This this action coming up right, right there, that one, I think he really lost his momentum. And, again, I don't think this is Jose trying to get, you know, like his brother and try to really intimidate. I think the horse was coming in on his own and he had to sort of, he couldn't whip him anymore. And he had to make sure, you know, I, it, what would have been really fascinating guys is if Sierra Lone had won, there would have been a, an inquiry, right? What would have happened guys? That would have been fascinating, right? <laughs> we never know, but. I mean, you never know with, the, with, with those stewards, but I mean, I don't think I, there was nothing there that was of consequence, so? but okay. no, not of, I mean, again, but I never put anything past, you know, the, right. the, the Naira stewards, but yeah, I think, I, I think in the end, right. It's, a, it's, it really doesn't matter. He ran a good race and there's work to do. He was a little green, a little bit. You could tell he just didn't, you know, had a little bit of quirks going on there. Doorknock fought yeah. back, fought back very gamely. They, you know, they both came. I mean, Doorknock came home better. If you're looking on the, the screen there, just a, just a touch. Yeah. And they're both impressive horses who I think are going to be heard from. And, and again, we never know how they're going to mature in the next, however, couple months before they run again. Some of them go from this. They come back and they don't improve and they just sort of stagnate. And some of them come back after those couple months and really mature. And I guess you don't, just don't really know until we see them back. Uh, Dornock did run a better, a final better eighth by three hundredths a second, but the final quarter was by far Sierra Leone. Yes. And yeah. drumroll please did close also, but Sierra Leone by far closed the best. We got a lot of comments in the chat, guys, that I'm going to 
end the show with the ultimate question that we want to answer. First of all, Jim Plars, early out for my teaching gig. Jim Plars, by the way, is volunteering. So God bless you, Jim, for teaching volunteer job. I just got home in time for Remsen. Perfect timing. Uh, Mike uh, Carmoli's here. Serial Loan was very good. Vale Place. Yes, you fellows. First I saw on Racing Internet to Point. Uh, Sierra Leone. Uh, let me see here. Matt Miller mentions how many horses look like potential derby contenders after two starts. I mean, it's a good point, right? Got to be thrilled with where we are on this right now. I couldn't agree anymore. Speed of the horse says, first time stars usually have a good workout pattern of a spread of eight days, eight days, eight days. Uh, that must be a previous comment. Oh, this is a new person. Uh, Clancy, I believe. Uh, Clancy Martis. Clancy, I don't know if I'm pronouncing your name correctly, but if I am, um, great. If I'm not, I apologize. Likes the number six at Gulfstream Park. Thanks for joining the show. Uh, appreciate it. Guys, here's the big question. Let's go full screen. Did Dornach come fight back and win, or did Sierra Leone cause his own trouble and lose, if you had to say one of the two, Paul? Um, I'm going to give Dornach the credit. I, I think, uh, you know, that's a, for a two-year-old to make that move, uh, getting past and then coming back and coming back on the inside. Um, you know, I'd like to see what the sheet number is because that takes into account, into account ground loss. Yeah. And I'm sure that our guy is going to do pretty well <laughs> when that, when that is uh, factored in. But I, I got to tell you what, I, you know, I, I'm thrilled with, with the, having this horse and, and, and hats off to you, Howard. I mean, all you need to know is what he close at 34 to one. I'm sorry. I'm saying my hat off. To, he was 34 to 1 in the final pool, the last 36, pool. 36, 36. Yeah. yeah uh, and we, you know. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I definitely look, who knows if it's going to work out in the long run, but I'd say it's worked out so far. Pete, Dornock won the race or Sierra Leone lost, if you had to say one of those two. Oh, can I, can I cop out and say I think both actually happened? Because oh, I, 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 thought, I thought Sierra Leone <laughs> lost the race first, but Dornock had to come back to win it. So I think Sierra Leone opened the door, but Dornock had to show the fight to actually take advantage of it. So that that's sort of a cop-out, but that's what I think happened because he could have just gave up. Once you're passed, a lot of horses just pack it in. He did not, and so he's he looks like quality as well. I like Dornach as a horse. This is not a poo-poo on Dornach, but guys, we've seen a zillion races in our in our horse racing handicapping career, when you have a horse that takes almost a one length lead with that momentum, Sierra Leone to me lost this race more than Doranok won it. He just got goofy. And, you know, I heard some things, I saw some things on Twitter and some emails like, oh, this horse is goofy. He's not going to develop. That was a really bad sign. Guys, I think Nick Tamro said it best a minute after the race on X. That might be the last time Sierra Leone ever loses the Doranok if they go head to head. This was Dorn this was Sierra Leone's second lifetime start, guys. For a second lifetime start, and Dornock already had four. I was super impressed. I mean, really impressed. And I'll leave with this comment, Paul. I'll just say I'm gonna go on a limb right now. I have no idea what's gonna happen with Sierra Leone going forward. This horse is more talented than Tappan Trice. And I feel very confident saying that because what Sierra Leone did in his first start. Tapatrice couldn't do in his fifth, sixth, or seventh start. 
because Tappet Trice is slow out of the gate and is sort of big and bulky and wasn't really athletic enough to get in and out of spots. Sierra Leone has shown me, Paul, a lot more already than Tappet Trice has. No, res- no disrespect to Todd and Tappet Trice. That's my opinion. And and I don't think, you know, Pete mentioned it. I, I don't think Sierra Leone is going to be the horse coming from 20th in the Kentucky Derby, should he be lucky enough to get in. You know, the, the gun runners develop later. You know, you know, gun runner was obviously better as a four-year-old than a three-year-old. So, but for, for that horse, for a gun runner, to, to run that well in the second start, I think the better question, Howard, is instead of who lost it and who won it, is – if you could only have one of them going forward, which one do you want? Well, do we have a future ticket on Dornox? Well, I'm just saying, not for us, not the three idiots on the screen. I mean, the, the normal people who aren't going to be emotionally wrapped up in this for the next seven months. Well, Paul, too, I guess, the, the is the question just for the Derby or in general, too, because yeah. – the Derby, and I i didn't mean that necessarily for you to answer, but the yeah. Derby is, you know, a little bit of tactical ability helps in the Derby, and Doorknock obviously is a little more tactical. So, again, if Sierra Leone comes back and in the prep races is is in the back again and is trying to close from too far, then you get a little concerned because you just don't want to do that. And Doorknock, you know, he can obviously be close up. I don't think he's a need to lead necessarily. He could sit off a little bit. So just something to think about because, again, the Derby is its own animal. The rest of the races are normal. The Derby is a, you know, a shit show like we know. Uh, Doorknock, by the way, every quarter in that race was slower and slower. In other words, his first quarter was his fastest quarter. And then every quarter after that was actually slower than the one before. I, I don't like that. I do like Doranok, though, as a horse. I think they're both going to be good. Chad's sending Sierra Leone down to Florida and Payson. He mentioned he's going to mess around a little bit with the equipment guys, which is fine. I mean, look, look, the horse is not a finished product, Paul, but he doesn't have to be. He's basically, what, like an 11-year-old running around there just having fun. He doesn't know exactly what he's doing right now. And he just ran a 91 buyer in his second start with a 20-point jump. I think... The sky's the limit for this horse. I'd like to see him more tactical. I'd like to see him more professional. I think he's going to have more of a mage kind of running style, guys, like mid-pack kind of thing or forte. I think that's going to be his style. I don't want him coming from the clouds, Paul, in these races. But in our closed-circuit watch party that we had, uh, I, I we talked about that I think he's going to be further back. There's a lot of speed signed on in the Remsen. And it was only his second-time start. So what happened to me on Saturday does not surprise me. But I agree, Pete. I don't think we're going to be seeing that going forward where he's going to launch from the back of the pack. No, I don't think so. I mean, you don't, again, I, if you're shooting for the Derby, you just don't want that. No, you so, definitely don't want And Chad, that. Chad knows that. Sorry, Paul. No, I was going to say, uh, I, I think if we could get, in fact, we should get him on, Howard. We should get Chad on uh, sometime over the next few months to talk about this horse. Uh, I think you have I, a sell right? <laughs> I got a funny feeling that this is the horse Chad's going to, I think he's in Florida because the horse Chad wants to be around every day. Chad wants to win the Derby. He has all so, those Derby wins. Oh no, I forgot. He doesn't. He doesn't have. This any. is a big factor you, to me too. But, uh, Paul, talk. Yeah, well, so does that, a hip. So does a hippopotamus at the Universal. <laughs> yeah, the camel races they get out of the gate Wait. better than Tampa. Paul. Derby people that are listening, why don't you why don't you just read what Smoggy Froggy says at the bottom of the screen? It's a good point. Well, he certainly gets out of the gate better than Tappet Trice. <laughs> yeah. But almost every horse does. 
Yeah. At some hey, hey, at look. some animals that are not horses get better out of the gate than Tapatrice. Tapatrice was a was a was a great value, and this is better value right now. It doesn't mean we're going to win. You know, that's that's what these bets are for. You bet a little to win a lot, and uh, that's the number you want to have. But I. I would uh, well. I hope to be down there at some point. You're going to be down there at some point this winter. I I would if you could get the uh, truth serum into Chad. I got a feeling he likes this horse a lot. I got a feeling you're right, and he has not won the Derby yet, guys. But he knows how to get uh, triple crown horses ready. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and you know what, guys, we've done so well. I'm gonna, no homework next week. I'm going I'm to give you guys. We're going to all take the week off. No, in all seriousness, we've been. I looked at our. I looked at our calendar. Yeah, up. Oh, nothing happened. And nothing happened. When you nothing want it happened. to happen, nothing happens. Well, I, I literally don't think we've purposely taken a week off. Maybe in since the inception of this show, I've been going literally three years. We've been going, you know, a year and a half straight, pretty much. I mean, sometimes we've been out of town and other people have been subbed in, but there's really not much going on in the horse racing world. There's a race at Los Al. I think it's the Los Al Futurity, which is actually an okay race, but um, that's the only graded stake. And you know what? We've got people traveling and there's not much going on. We've got some exciting races happening over the holidays, guys. The, the Malibu day, the opening day of San Nita, the day after Christmas is always one of my favorite cards of the year. And then a few days later, I'm going to be in Florida, guys. Uh, so we're, we're going to talk because Peter, I need you to host that week. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. We have already, we're going to have Brian Nadal guys who committed to come on the show for us already. So we're going to have Brian Nadal from Gulfstream on to talk about that real nice card that's happening over new year's day, uh, weekend. So we got a lot going on guys. Take next week off. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, really appreciate guys. And, uh, well, I'm not gonna say happy holidays because we got time, but I will say happy Hanukkah again, anyone who celebrates absolutely out there and great job sierra leone and chad brown let's keep that going for my wonderful co-host pete visco and paul halloran they are exhausted they get a well-deserved week off power picks will be available don't worry anyone anyone subscribe to power picks i will be sending those out uh next week uh despite no videos but you never know there might be a video for them and myself howard kravitz been episode 317 of the hhh racing podcast Good luck, everyone, and crush your bets on the $3 Tropical Turf Pick 3 this Saturday at Gulfstream. Take care, everyone. We'll see you in a little over a week and a half. Bye-bye. Racing podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country.